she slays i am here with i want to say an expert in beauty la you know she used to be a hairstylist uh she turned into a lawyer and we're gonna actually figure out why she did that this is rihanna she's our beauty lawyer and i'm so excited to talk to her because i know so she slays slay nation our audience loves to talk business and loves to talk about the do's and the don'ts, what I should know, what I shouldn't know. Chauncey and I, as co-founders of So She Slays, we got confused and we made so many fuck-ups in the beginning. Uh, so I'm hoping that with Rihanna's help, that we can maybe provide a little bit more clarification where Chauncey and I were like, flopping like fish out of water over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rihanna, before we get started, tell tell about your transition, because I feel like that's an, that's kind of an odd transition. It's not a normal one that most people would take. <laughs> it is an odd transition. Hey, everybody. I am happy to be here. Rihanna, hairstylist turned attorney. So it is a little bit crazy. I started doing hair and nails when I was in high school. And I was going through beauty school at that time. So I was licensed to do nails at 16 and hair at 17. Dang. All right. <laughs> and I was into the glam girl. I loved it all. And at one point I was like, I'm just not even going to go to college. I don't want to do any higher level education. Like hairstylists make great money. I can make my own hours, you know, like that whole thing. I can just be an entrepreneur. And my brother gave me some like really cool advice at, like looking back, right? He was like, well, Rihanna, the time's going to go by either way, whether you're working those four years or if you're in school for those four years. He was like, either way, the time's going to go by. It just depends on what you want to do at that time. That's smart. So it was smart. I was like, okay, brother, like great common sense. Um, you know, I'm going to do both. So I did hair all through college and then decided I wanted to go to law school, which is something I always wanted to do when I was younger. I just kind of put it on the back burner once I started doing hair and stuff like that. And then I was like, I'm going to go to law school. And I went to law school and hair and being behind the chair got me through all of it. I got to work my work around my school schedule instead of vice versa. And so that's kind of how I went from hair to law. But then when I got into law, beauty was not the first avenue I did for coming out of law school. That's not, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go be a beauty attorney. That's just something that happened later on down the road. Wow. I mean, was there like a trigger that was just like, you know what, hair, all this stuff, it just, it's not for me. Um, I, I want to switch this up and do something else. No, there wasn't a trigger that was like, I don't like hair anymore. I'm just going to go to law school. I think it was just like, at that point, law school was kind of the safe route. It was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I know that law can be super lucrative. You know, every time you hear about somebody being like, oh, marry a doctor, marry a lawyer, you know, like those are like the professions that people, you know, strive to do. But now in like 2022, hairstylists, you know, different beauty bosses, entrepreneurs, they're really the ones that are killing it. You know, they're the ones that are like doing the dang thing. Um, so like, it's different now, but almost what, 10 years ago when I went to law school, that's what it was. It was like, oh, go be a doctor, go be a lawyer, like entrepreneurship. So you're, you're like melding the two in a way. Like yeah. So it kind of happened. I was working at an insurance company doing insurance defense 
And I kept seeing a lot of salon cases, a lot of hairstylist cases. People were suing the salons or suing the hairstylist. And it was one of those things where when they found out I was a cosmetologist, they're like, oh, give all those cases to her. Like sh she can take them. And as I was sitting there getting these cases come across my desk, I'm like, man, when I was a beauty professional, I was never doing some of the stuff that now I tell people to do. And I was like, I never did this. Like consent forms, eh, didn't need them, you know, or intake forms, wasn't really doing that. Professional liability insurance, I don't need that either. Like I wasn't doing the stuff that then as an attorney, I was like, oh my God, you guys, you have to do this. So that's so, okay. So now, now that naturally opens up my question to, okay, what were these lawsuits? Like, what were the topics or what did you find you, you came across the most when it came to these beauty professionals? Lack of intake forms and consent forms, honestly. So like, really, so like consent, like, here's my consent to cut my hair. Not necessarily hair, but it would be more so like, for example, um, there was a case where a guy came in to get a pedicure water was too hot. He had a pre-existing condition, diabetes. So when the water was too hot, he ended up with some burns, you know, the sores did not heal like a normal person's sores would because of that underlying condition. Well, he then sued. And when he sued, like, thankfully the person that he sued had professional liability insurance, right? Because it came across my desk. But when he sued, the issue was well, beauty professional, like one, you were negligent. The water was too hot. So thank God she had insurance, right? But then two, some of these issues you would have known about had you had done like a comprehensive intake form because that would be something that's on your intake form. So it all kind of goes to the negligence. Like, all right, you didn't know the information. So you were negligent. The water was also too hot. Negligent, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Now you're making me think about all the like the salons or pedicures and stuff like that that I go to and- I can tell you right now, they probably, I mean, there's no intake form. That's a hundred percent. There is no intake. You form. never see them. Yeah. You never do an intake form. You don't do a consent. I mean, sometimes hairstylists are a little bit better with like color corrections. We'll have them, you know, fill something out because they want to know like what's on your hair. Um, permanent makeup girls, they are typically pretty good about their intake forms and consents because it's permanent makeup, you know, kind of like a tattoo. So they're, they're a little bit better on the forms, but a lot of beauty professionals aren't doing it. And then when I started seeing it, I was like, man, this is an industry I love. That's at high risk and nobody's talking to them about it. So let me try to merge the two together. Well, and thankfully, because I would have never guessed. I mean, yeah. you know what? People can sue over anything. I feel like nowadays well, people are so litigious. Like, it used to be before that you'd be like, ah, people don't really sue, like, ah, not a big deal. But people sue all the time. You get into a minor fender bender, no real injuries, and people are like, calling my lawyer, got this, my neck, my, my neck. back, <laughs> my neck and my back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I get it, I guess. I mean, whatever floats your boat in that department. So then that kind of brings me to the next question of like, okay, a lot of these salons or hairstylists or makeup artists and all this kind of stuff in the beauty industry, um, a lot of them are self-employed or entrepreneurs, freelance, whatever you kind of want to call it or refer it to. Um, how do people know if they're ready to become an LLC or a corp or I guess, how do they know they're ready? Like that's because I think a lot of people just don't do it because it's just too complicated. I 
always am of the belief that if you're going to be self-employed, you have to get some type of business entity, like at the beginning. I don't think it's something that you wait on uh, for a, like a numerous amount of reasons. But for the main reason is that if you choose an LLC, which is one that's pretty typical for small business owners, it's the easiest to do. It's the easiest to maintain. It's a great option. But if you don't have any type of business entity, then if you get sued, like we talked about, your personal assets are up for grabs. So it's like, okay, maybe you were saving $20,000 to start your own salon, or maybe you were saving up money to buy a house or whatever. Now you just got hit with this lawsuit because this guy came in and your water was too hot, or you got hit with this lawsuit because this girl had an allergic reaction to her eyelash extensions. And now you get a judgment and they're like, oh, I'll take that 20,000, no salon for you. Or oh, too bad you've been saving, you know, 10 grand, 15 grand for a down payment on a house. I'll take that. Oh, there goes little Joey's college fund. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like a, you wait until you get to a certain point in your business that you start operating it like a business. You should start that from jump, like from the very beginning. So you shouldn't even be like a quote unquote freelancer or anything like that. Cause I know a lot of freelancers I mean, it's different in California because California makes you have an LLC now, even if you are a freelancer. Um, but in different parts of the states, people just, you know, it's like contract based or whatnot. They're like sole proprietors, right? They're yeah. just they're they're just working as themselves. So it's like, hey, I'm Rihanna. Um, and here I am, I'm here to work. Versus like, hey, I'm Rihanna, the hairstylist or the business owner of rihanna slays hair you know or whatever yeah yeah and so that's the difference so as a sole proprietor if you do something wrong during a service they're suing you as rihanna versus if you do it yeah the company versus the company oh oh that okay that's good information because like suing you personally like you said all your assets yep anything you got going it's like up for grabs free range nikes Okay, so how do you know which business formation to choose that's right for you and what you're doing? I would say for the the most people, for the most part, an LLC is probably going to be the way to go. It's it's the easiest to start up. It's the easiest to maintain. When you start getting into your corporations, um, you have to do more stuff to maintain it. You have to have you know your board of directors. You have to have minute or you have to have meetings with minutes. You have to, you know, do all these like formalities for that business. When you have an LLC, it's a little easier to maintain. Your taxes are easier, things like that. S-Corps is one that people get confused all the time. They're like, oh, I'm an S-Corp. You are likely, like almost always, an LLC being taxed as an S-Corp. So it's a tax designation. It's helping you out on taxes on the back end, but that is not your business structure. Your business structure is an LLC. You're being taxed as an S-Corporation. So it helps you with the self-employment taxes. Um, And I think that's something that people get confused with. They're like, no, I'm an S-Corp. You're an LLC being taxed as an S-Corp. But it does help with taxes. And it's something that when you get to a certain level of revenue in your company, you want that tax designation because it helps you out. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. Um, And you said to like from the jump, you should start filing these paperwork. Yes. Like from the beginning, before I started this business, um, I got my LLC. 
I started an educational company too that kind of coincides with my law firm. Started an LLC before I ever put a course out there or you know, started selling my contract templates. The LLC was up before anything else because anything that I've worked hard for, I don't want people to come back and be like, oh, hey, Rihanna, I use this and I didn't like it. So let's sue Rihanna because she didn't have an LLC, you know? Yeah, holy shnikes. I feel like I'm opening up a can of worms over here. Um, Cause I mean, I, I shared this uh, prior to the podcast, but Chauncey and I, I mean, we made some mistakes in the very beginning. We did have an LLC. So she slays was an LLC, but we made some business mistakes that we learned from, but it did cost us some money. And we, you know, it was just because it was a trial and error. We didn't really know. And so she slays was growing and we didn't know what that meant. And yeah, so there was a lot of things that we didn't know. And so that's why, again, we, like we have you on here and we have people like you on here to kind of share what you should and should not be doing. Uh, when it comes to women-owned businesses, what are the like top mistakes you see all the time? I would say for women-owned businesses, a couple of things. I mean, we touched on the LLC. People aren't mm-hmm. doing it. So that's number one, right? But then also, I want to see business entrepreneurs, business owners, really treating their business like a business and really acting like the CEO. And so what I mean by that is gone are the times where you can like do a collab without a collaboration contract, okay? Or where you can like do a handshake and be like, hey, I want you to promote this. And in exchange, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z you need to have contracts for stuff. Like you need to be operating like a CEO, like your business might be small today, but it's going to be huge. And so I want people to really get their contracts in order. If you are doing a deal, then you should do it like a CEO, have it signed, have the contract terms in place. So everybody knows what's what that'd be one thing. Um, And then the other thing I would say is To not like think so small. I think sometimes you just are like, oh, well, my business is small right now. I don't need to do that. I'll do that later. Or, oh, you know, my business isn't there yet. It's just my little business right now, you know, but, and that goes across a bunch of stuff. So like trademarks, you should be trademarking your brand. You don't want to build this brand and let someone else learn that one the hard way. Yeah. And let someone else come in and steal your name. So you're like, okay, well, I got this bomb name. It's growing my following. Everybody's like brand recognition. It's going good. And then you come to find out when you go to trademark it because your brand was too small or it was just your little business at the time. And then you go to trademark it and you find out that somebody else owns it. So now heartbreaking. Yeah. Now you're either one infringing on somebody else's trademark and you need to rebrand, build a new audience, you know, like new website, new everything, or Two, you've got to try to see if you can get them to license it to you, if you can still use it, what you can do to kind of get back the brand that you've already built. So, yeah, but I mean, that also helps in the reverse too, because I know um, every once in a while we'll catch somebody trying to rip off the So She Slays logo with our colors and like all of this stuff. And I mean, we've had this, the cease and desist letter sent Yeah, and I'm like, excuse uh, me. No, excuse me. <laughs> hey, Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's the only way that you can own your brand. So do it in the beginning because then you build this brand and then you have protection. Well, one, you know, you own it. So you're not infringing on anyone else's brand, right? You don't have to rebrand. But then two, you know, if somebody tries to infringe on your brand, just like you said, uh uh-uh, like I'm going to send you the cease and desist. You're not going to like 
ride my success or, you know, um, ride off of my coattails all the way up. Like I built this, build your own. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. So that was one of them. What are the other ones? Well, I, so contracts, we talked about contracts yes. and then you gotta, you, you gotta do that. I would say trademarks, you gotta do that. Um, your LLC. And I just really want everyone to kind of just get their mindset right on, on just being a female owned business on kind of the trials and tribulations that come with that. Right. Like it's, a, it's great. You're your own boss. You, you, you get to make the rules, but you're always going to get like kickback. You're always going to, you know, have different things happening. And so I think when you're doing everything and running it like a boss, then everything else kind of falls in line. True. Well, and there's like the certain amount of uh, expectation and respect when it's like, when you're being serious about it. Cause I mean, I know that Chauncey and I, we love working with small to medium-sized businesses. And every time we send out a contract for a collaboration or uh, any sort of anything, um, a lot of them are surprised by the contract. And we're like, look, we have been through it. We hand out contracts, like Oprah hands out cars. Like, no, <laughs> we are not running the risk. Uh, it's just, it's, Honestly, it's just safer for both parties. Contracts so are safe. so huge. It's also like expectations. It's, it's a little bit managing expectations for both parties, right? I know what I'm going to do on my end and you know what you're going to do on your end. And there's no conflict on like when deliverables are going to come or what you're going to do versus what I'm going to do because it's all in the contract. So if we talked about it, it's in the contract. If you thought something different, I don't know what to tell you. Like the contract. You signed the contract. To, yeah. <laughs> you know, you signed the contract. The contract's going to be like the word. So it's just, it's safe. So I know that there's a lot of, you know, with, with the small, medium-sized businesses, there's not always a lot of money to go around to hire lawyers or to get the contracts or what they should even include in the contract and so on and so forth. What type of advice can you give towards to, towards this? Because not everybody can hire a lawyer to create a contract, even though it's probably really freaking helpful. <laughs> right. Custom contracts can be like expensive. So on this, a couple of things. Sometimes I think it's better to be proactive than reactive. And so I always say the legal in your business, it's not the sexy part of your business, right? It's not like the, oh, I have this new logo. Oh, look at my new website. Like it's not the sexy part. But it's the necessary part. So it's just, you got to think in your mind that it's an investment and it's something that you need to do. You can't build a house on bad foundation because it'll crumble down and so will your business. It's the same type of idea, right? But in addition to that, there are lots of resources out there, like lower cost resources. So maybe you don't do a customized, a fully custom contract with an attorney that's going to cost you 1,500 to 2,500. But maybe as an alternative, you find um, an attorney that you like and that you trust that has a plug and play contract template for you. I mean, there are shops out there that have that type of stuff for like 250 to 350. And an attorney has drafted it. It's plug and play. If you need a collaboration agreement, you can find one. If you need an affiliate agreement, you can find it. Um, and it's plug and play. And you know, an attorney's looked at it, you know, in the last year, 350 bucks, you've got that. If you want a little extra security on top of that, then pay an attorney in your state another 350 to review that contract just to make sure everything's legit. Now you have a contract for 700 as opposed to like 2000, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it depends on what your deal is. I mean, if you 
are going to use that contract over and over. And that's like it. That's a, a no brainer for me. You paid 700 bucks. You're safe. You're secure. Everything's good to go. Uh, and then I would say probably like the small business association is a nonprofit organization that has all kinds of good resources for you. They can help with business plans. They can help like look over financials. They've got all kinds of different like one-on-one -on -one stuff that you can do. And that's a free resource. Mm. Um, and then Instagram has lots of good info out there. I mean, really, I know, like, I'm sure like, I'm sure the reels and the TikToks and the, all that. Yeah. Some good info. It used to be like, okay, you know, people are just posting pictures, but now people are using it to market their business. Lawyers are on there. Accountants are on there. So there's free info, like free game, free gems to get on Instagram, on TikTok, same thing. Mm, exactly. And I know that you offer some classes and some templates and like that kind of stuff. So what if somebody's trying to, you know, build up their beauty brand a little bit more and they're not quite sure what to do on the legal side? Yeah. So I offer like a couple of different options for people. I have the plug and play contract templates that I talked about. So beauty professionals is one of, and, you know, massage therapists and service providers in general, uh, they have to deal with no shows, late cancellations, like all that stuff. And I, I say this all the time and I'm like, Hey, if you have it on highlights on your Instagram if you're screenshotting your policies and sending it to your clients, you do not have policies, you have suggestions, right? Like, wow, you, okay. You don't have policies. And people are like, yes, I do have policies. I'm like, no, you don't. Because if you charge that card on file for that no show and you're like, I charge $200 for a full set of lashes, they no showed, I'm charging the $200. They're going to dispute it with their credit card company. And the credit card company is going to come back to you and say, all right, Rihanna um, show me where they agreed to your no-show policy. And you're going to be like, oh, well, I, I sent them a screenshot. It's on my highlight reel. And they're gonna be like, mm, no, where's a signed contract or signed agreement saying like, yeah, I agree to these policies. So I've created like a contract for that, right? Plug and play. Wow. I didn't even, I didn't even know that was a thing, but that is so smart. Yeah. I mean, you have to show that they're agreeing to your policy. So I've created a, a contract that does that. Um, and then your intake forms, your consent waivers, all of that's plug and play. You can put in your business name. You can adjust it if you're like a 48 hour cancellation policy, a 72 hour cancellation policy. It's like plug and play. So you can make it your own. Um, and then I offer a course that is really designed to take the beauty pro from beauty pro to CEO in six weeks. Mm. So it's like, we're going to go, I talk about LLCs. I'm not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We're going to go on week one. I'm going to tell you why you need an LLC, um, which is typically my, my business entity of choice for business professional or for um, beauty professionals, because, uh, you know, it's easy. It's just, it's a good one for them. So LLC, we're going to talk about it. And then you're going to be about it. We're going to like break for 30 minutes, go online. I showed you how to do it, fill it out. If you have questions, I'm here to answer. And so then at the end of week one, guess what? You filed for your LLC and it kind of takes you all the way through on everything, professional liability, insurance, accounting, um, contracts and consent so that we can customize your policies so that you have legit legally enforceable policies, all that stuff in six weeks. So that's like one of my baby projects. I love it because it's, it's out there to help people and just really check off all those boxes that you need done.
Yeah, start and then, to finish, it kind of sounds like. Yeah, start to finish. So everyone that's like overwhelmed with getting the legal or getting the business side set up in six weeks, you're done. You don't really have to think about it anymore, right? Just you're done. There's uh, that foundation we were talking about too. Yeah, there's that foundation. And then for somebody who's like, I don't even know what I need yet, but I want to know if I'm doing this right in my business or, hey, I do this with my employees. Is that legal or, you know, whatever. I do one-on-one business um, consultations. I call it Beauty Boss Legal Q&A or BBL for short, because, you know, who doesn't love a good BBL? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's funny because I did not even when I when I created that. I wasn't even thinking about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, the initials are BBL. That is hilarious. I love it. Couldn't be more fitting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. So if people are interested in these classes or these templates that you have, where can people go? People can go to shetrademarks.com. All of this stuff is available there. Um, on Instagram, I'm at shetrademarks.com as well. That's S-H-E and then trademarks. And that has all the reels we were talking about with the free stuff, free resources, anything you really need. I also like to interact with people. So if you're like, hey, what about this? I Or hey, you should do a class on this. I'm always taking ideas. Slide if into you, the DMs. Huh? Slide into the DMs. If you <laughs> want it, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you guys, I cannot, I can't stress this enough about how important, whether you're a beauty business, a regular business, a multimedia company, you got your own blog, anything like that. Um, Having your ducks in a row legally is just, it's going to make you feel better. Honestly, it's such a security blanket for Chauncey and I, I can't even imagine what it would be like if Sochi Slays didn't have that law foundation. I know. I had a girl the other day tell me that she was like, I got your template. She's like, and I've never felt so secure in my business. She's like, it's like life changing. And I'm like, yeah, because what were, you were either not using anything before, or you have no idea of the source of where the stuff came from. So like just knowing that your business is secure is I mean, it's good as gold, really. Yeah, there's nothing worse than than having people come after you personally and then all your assets. And it's just, oi, that's sad. That's very, very sad. Um, (laughs) It just, it breaks my heart for all us entrepreneurs out there just trying to make it. (laughs) Just trying to make it out here, right? It's a hard knock life. (laughs) It's a hustle. (laughs) You didn't come after me personally. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Rihanna, for joining us and for sharing your knowledge. I think it's so, so important. Um, Go ahead and give your uh, IG handle and your website one more time so that people can go uh, get the things that they need. Sure. It's shetrademarks.com for any services you need or templates, contracts. Instagram handle is shetrademarks as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. Bye.